Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, we are presented by HashtagBasketball.com. Uh, go over to HashtagBasketball.com and check out their uh, array of podcasts. There are four podcasts in the uh, Hashtag Basketball uh, podcast group. I don't know if you would um, call it a channel just yet, but... Um, you know, four podcasts is a lot. There's obviously this one that you're already listening to, plus a um, weekly podcast. Uh, kind of, it's just called the Hashtag Basketball NBA Podcast, where the in the last episode you could listen to um, an interview with the Cleveland Cavaliers color man, which is uh, is actually pretty interesting. I would uh, go check that out. The other podcasts include a deep league relevant some fantasy basketball podcast so kind of unlike this one where I, I focus on shallow leagues 10 to 12 team standard leagues and uh, hitting kind of that sweet spot between the 100th best player player and the 140 best best player um, deeply relevant is a bunch of Australian guys who like to talk about their really large league there are a lot of deep players a lot of unknown guys which if you're in bigger leagues, if you're, I would go check that out. It's probably going to be a little bit more helpful than mine, even though you, I, I do like to talk about some of the guys who are up and coming. If you are in just in a monstrous league, this is a, it's a great podcast to listen to. Plus all the guys on are pretty funny as well. And then the fourth podcast on the hashtag basketball podcast network is NBA deep dives. And I'd like to get a plug out to them. Uh, go check those out and subscribe to all those especially the nba deep dives because i will be on nba deep dives on wednesday talking about the chicago bulls and i'm sure everyone would want to hear my um, no holds bar chicago bulls uh, analysis i'm probably going to rip into fred hoiberg and i do have a pretty good story about the return of derrick rose and the uh, the the mood in the room so Subscribe to all those. Give them uh, good ratings, reviews. That helps everybody out. And uh, tell your friends about them. And you can just check all that out at hashtagbasketball.com slash podcasts. So let's get right into the box scores, which is what Watching the Boxes podcast is all about. Let's go to the first game of the night, the Pacers versus the Charlotte Hornets. Pacers ended up pulling this one out. A lot of teams are hovering around. That, uh, that 500 mark in the East, and these two teams continue to do so. Indiana really put it on in the fourth quarter to end up winning this game. A couple nights ago, Thad Young had a pretty monstrous night. He had been struggling lately, and uh, tonight he kind of uh, moved back to the center. He only had nine points, five rebounds, one assist, one block. I like Thad Young a lot. Uh, but he he had been struggling, which uh, in me in my opinion moved him into the drop zone. I didn't drop him in too many leagues, but I considered uh, I, I think I dropped him in a couple. Considered dropping him in most. But after that uh, monster game, he's just someone I'm going to hold on to until the Pacers kind of figure out what kind of team they want to play with. He's capable of giving you across the board stats. I'm still holding on Thad Young. I still like him a lot. Miles Turner had a better game tonight, 22 points, four three-pointers, which is pretty incredible, four rebounds, four blocks, or seven rebounds, four blocks, and one steal. That's uh, that's really nice to see that they are continuing to develop Miles Turner. 
I don't see a problem with him in the longevity. He should be somewhat used to the NBA schedule. So uh, do expect maybe um, some tired legs there, you know, a quarter, three quarters of the way through the season. But I would still hold on to Miles Turner. I'm not, I'm not moving him unless I'm getting something very big in return. If you're in keeper leagues, he's, uh, you know, a, t- a top keeper for sure. Jeff Teague, uh, in, good night tonight, 11 assists, 5 rebounds. He's been playing um, better with uh, Paul George lately. They did move, um, it does look like they moved Glenn Robinson into the starting lineup tonight because um, Monte, Monte Ellis, he did not play tonight. And let's go check out the synopsis on Monta Ellis. It does look like he had a sore groin, and he is expected to return later in the week. Uh, Monta Ellis, to me, had been struggling pretty heavily, uh, not just this year, but last year as well. He was still in the drop zone last year, but this year has been pretty pitiful. And this team is better without uh, Monta Ellis. And I hate to say that because Monta Ellis is, is one of uh, – is a very underrated, I think, NBA all-around NBA basketball player. He was an incredible scorer in the with the Warriors, and really when he played along uh, Steph Curry back in the day, you know there was uh, that was the beginning of Steph Curry's career. And uh, Monta Ellis got, I think, should get a little bit of credit for uh, helping him along there. Maybe not a lot of credit, but uh, yeah, Monta Ellis. I'm I'm just a fan of his as an NBA player. And even as a fantasy player, he was um, pretty good value. He would give you high-end steals. And this year, he's still able to give you good steals. So he is um, averaging, well, he's averaging a little over one steal per game. And due to the fact that in the last couple weeks, he's completely fallen off and his minutes have fallen off. So I, I do think if he played full minutes, if he was playing 33 minutes like he used to, he could give you almost 1.5 steal, uh, but he's not going to get those minutes. So Monta Ellis, droppable in all leagues, I think, you know, even due to the injury, um, the Pacers are going to move away from playing him because he's not very good defensively. They need to get different looks out on on the floor if they want to win games. So... Um, I'd shy away from Monta Ellis unless you're in uh, 14 or 16 team leagues. Looking over at the Charlotte Hornets, um, Marvin Williams, he had a 20. He played 28 minutes tonight. He had two three pointers, 13 points, two steals, two assists, and two rebounds. Marvin Williams has been um, good, not great. I would say um, coming back from that injury. Last year, he kind of broke out, came out of nowhere, and he was an older player. And that rarely happens that an older player breaks out into um, someone who's a a fantasy league starting type of guy. That's pretty rare. Uh, DeMar Carroll did it. And last year, Marvin Williams, on averages, was the 47th ranked player in the league. This year, he's doing uh, a little bit less across the board. His shooting is way, way, way down. I, I, I expect... Marvin Williams is shooting to go back up once he gets back into the swing of things. Tonight he shot 57%, so, I mean, that's a good sign. He was never, like, a a bulk scorer by any means. Last year in his, like, amazing fantasy season, he only averaged about 12 points. So he is really a nine-category roto type of stud, uh, which does come in handy in in head-to-head leagues. 
right now I think he's uh, in the below the drop zone, streamable in all head-to-head leagues. Uh, I, I think he's streamable in all, all head-to-head leagues because he does give you a little bit of everything. His steals and blocks have fallen off a little bit, which which does start to hurt um, his his fantasy value simply because he was he was living on a string of the fact that he could just do a little bit of everything, and that was enough to make him valuable. If he starts falling off really in any category, he starts falling off the board. He hasn't really got a good chance. There's only he's only played four games, including tonight's game, since coming back from injury. So I'd give I'd still. Um, if you're in a 12-team league, I don't see why you couldn't have him at the end of your bench. But in, in all standard leagues, like 10-team standard leagues, I think he's droppable and or not ownable. But I think he just reverts back to the mean. I, I don't think he's going to have an uh, a season like he did last year. I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers. His I think his rebounds are going to take a hit. His shooting percentage already has taken a hit. So just with those little downturns in his game it uh, his value kind of kind of falls off um, i can see keeping like i said 12 team leagues maybe keeping him at the end of your bench 10 team leagues he's below the drop zone michael kid gilchrist still can't find a shot he only played 20 minutes uh, i think michael kid gilchrist is also below the drop zone in all standard leagues i know he does uh, a little bit more than marvin williams he, he what basically what marvin williams is doing last year getting good rebounds and about a steal and a block a game. But the fact that Michael K. Gilchrist cannot shoot threes and doesn't score, I, I'm just not interested. He, his shot is completely missing, and I, I don't want that guy on my team. He just can't shoot threes, and for the type of player he's supposed to be, like the, the role he's supposed to be fitting that, uh, you know, something like uh, Caldwell Pope fits, it's just not. It's just not worth having a roster spot for Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and in standard leagues, ten to twelve team leagues. Marco Bellinelli got twenty eight minutes off the bench. He was four for nine, fourteen points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal, and only one three pointer. Interesting to see that he's getting the minutes when they're going away from Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, who when he when Michael Kidd, Gilchrist can't get a shot. Um, I don't see a lot of value in Marco Bellinelli uh, either. Just coming off the bench, he's he's only getting he's getting 25 minutes a game, and he's almost hitting about two three pointers a game. Unless he starts getting more minutes and more three pointers, he really is kind of the end of the bench drop zone type of guy. I wouldn't want him in a standard league and in bigger leagues, he's ownable because he is close to averaging uh, two three pointers a game, and that that is valuable when you're looking at when you're looking at having a, a roster so large that you have to start bench players from other teams that's from from real life NBA teams. So Marco Bellinelli kinda in that drop zone for standard leagues. I I don't like his ceiling and or his potential, so to me I'm not trying to put him on my team. But you know, if you're desperate for threes and you got really nothing going on, especially in a head-to-head league, that that could be a good stream, since he is getting the bulk of the minutes off the bench here. Let's uh, let's move on to the next game: the Bucks versus the Raptors. The Bucks uh, tried to put up a decent fight against Toronto, but could not get their scoring going. And for some, uh, it looks like they did come back a little bit in the third to make this one somewhat interesting. So that did force a lot of the starters to play uh, full full minutes here. The Bucks starters, 
once again, the Greg Monroe, John Henson debacle continues throughout the season. I think we'll be seeing this forever and maybe ever. Greg Monroe, 11 points, 5 for 5 in 16 minutes, only two rebounds and a steal. John Henson, seven points, two rebounds, three blocks. Uh, when they're playing this few minutes, both of them are unownable. I do own uh, John Henson and Greg Monroe in certain standard leagues where I need when I'm des- where I'm desperate for big men. I think they both kind of do almost the opposite of each other. Uh, John Henson is a block first uh, kind of decent rebounder and. Greg Monroe is a score-first, uh, decent steal guy, but not very good at blocks. Uh, so they kind of, if they somehow could take their DNA and shove it into um, some sort of time traveling device, and then merge their DNA together in some sort of parent trap esque. Well, I guess I wasn't really parent trap. Um, anyway, let's merge these two players into one player. They, it would be a very great fantasy player. Since um, I'm pretty sure that's the research is falling behind in Milwaukee from what I've read in the papers, it's not going to happen. If you're desperate for blocks, own John Henson. If you need some points and some steals, own Greg Monroe. They're both at the end of your bench. They're both hovering around the drop zone. I um, I, I can see where they fit certain standard leagues where when needed i can see why people would be interested because if there's a trade or if there is just you know an injury somewhere in there then one of them is suddenly going to pop up to you know close to 25 30 minutes and then they're both basically relevant greg monroe uh ceiling is much higher i think john henson's elite blocks make him ownable in standard leagues if he was getting more minutes Lately, John Henson has been starting. This is still a, um, a continue-to-wait-and-see type of uh, rotation situation. I think a, a move has to happen here eventually. Someone is going to have to be traded here, and it's probably Greg Monroe. I don't think the Bucks are, are going to be able to get, you know, they're probably going to be able to get 60 cents on the dollar for Greg Monroe right now because everybody knows they want to get rid of him. Uh, so let's hope that happens. Let's hope... Greg Monroe gets traded to somewhere he will actually play 30 minutes, making him standard league relevant. And that's why I keep him at the end of a lot of my benches, is because if he ever gets traded, he becomes standard league relevant pretty quickly if he's uh, if he's going to start. Going over to the Raptors, uh, Damari Carroll is kind of my in-between drop zone-esque type player, him and Patrick Patterson on the, on the Raptors. Kyle Lowry and um, DeRozan are obviously obvious starters. Valachunas, he only played 23 minutes tonight. But in that 23 minutes, he he did have a pretty good run. Uh, does not look like he was in foul trouble. They might have just decided to go with a, a smaller lineup that could actually uh, uh, guard instead of having Valachunas the revolving door during the fourth quarter, similar to how they've been playing Valachunas for his entire career. He was only 4 for 10 with 11 points, but he had 13 rebounds. So that's nice, and an assist. So that's a pretty solid night from Valachunas. Lately, he has been kind of slipping from his start at the beginning of the year. 
simply because they're just not playing him. They're playing him much, much, much less. His uh, in the last two weeks, his minutes have dropped to twenty four minutes a game, and that's that's really hurt his uh, his fantasy value. I think you gotta you gotta keep him. You gotta hold on to him, but he's. He's doing a bit of a timeshare lately. He's still starting, but he, he, his minutes have dropped. Um, just potential and ceiling alone, you, you got to hold him, even though he has been struggling. This could be a buy low time, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't really trade much, too much of value for Valachunas because in every single year, this is what happens to Valachunas. They can't trust him in the fourth quarter. They don't play him in the fourth quarter, and that's why he plays around twenty six minutes a game. In the last two years, playing around that same amount of time, he has been uh, the 54th and the 64th ranked player on averages. So he's still standard league relevant. You can still get starts out of him. But over the last two weeks, he has really, really fallen off. So this could be a a nice little buy low for uh, Jonas Valachunas. Zamari Carroll, on the other hand, he has, I don't think, really been terribly impressive he's played better over the last few weeks and they are you know they're starting him uh, a little bit more now um are they i guess they've been starting him he is he's uh, since he's, he's he's came back he's had some really good games but he's also had some duds tonight 13.7 rebounds two assists and a steal with three three-pointers that's the type of game you're looking for damari carroll even though his shot isn't ever going to be his field goal percentage and his shot's never going to be good. Damari Carroll, um, I guess worth a flyer because he uh, he's up and down, and sometimes he can be sometimes he can be good. And if he can do across the board type stuff, get you um, close to a steal and a half a game over the last two weeks, he is close to that. And you know, provide you with some threes if his shot if his threes are falling. He becomes, I think, standard league relevant. So I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him if you need uh, threes and kind of across the board stats instead of, but not blocks and not field goal percentage. So that might fit a punting strategy. He's easily a streamer just simply because, I mean, he's good enough to he's good enough to stream in any league. But in standard leagues, Damari Carroll, man, in roto leagues, I I can't. It's hard to get behind him because there are just so many other guys who. D- do exactly what he does score a little bit get some three-pointers get some rebounds like that's every other dude on the waiver wire right now so his ceiling is you know standard league relevant but it's not you know high-end superstar kind of relevant unlike someone who i will get to here in a little bit another notable um performance tonight from the raptors terrence ross at 25 points four three-pointers five rebounds and two steals ross has been playing a lot better uh lately his he's, he's also found his uh shot and i guess if you're uh, this is almost um exactly what i was talking about here's another guy who hits some threes scores a little bit gets some steals he does uh terrence ross does this in limited minutes so if he ever got more minutes he could be a little bit more valuable I, I don't trust Terrence Ross moving forward. Play a hot hand, stream him, but I don't I don't like his potential playing time moving forward. And I his ceiling isn't isn't terribly high. He's a chucker. His um, shooting percentage right now is over uh, over the last um, for actually for the season is 
50%, which is way, way, way above his averages. If you have him on a team, I would sell high on him. If he's on your waiver wire, if you're, you know, desperate for some threes, want to ride a hot hand, throw him in there, I guess. He he does uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So not not the worst player to have at the end of your bench or, or someone you're bringing in off the bench on your head-to-head leagues. But overall, his, his ceiling is, to me, kind of low. Let's move on to the next game tonight. Let's see what game that was. The Washington Wizards uh, lost to the Miami Heat tonight. Um, both of these teams not good at all. John Wall and Bradley Beal taking a bulk of the scoring, and they are the bulk of the fantasy value on the Wizards. Markeith Morris hovers around that drop zone a lot, and uh, I, I've been up and down on him just like every other guy who's in that position, like the other the other Morai twin and um, Mo Harkless and Thad Young and Trevor Booker. All those guys kind of hover in that zone. Some of them are better than others, um, and I, I try to make sure I um, do articulate which one of those guys I like more. I do like Markeith Morris less than a lot of those guys because he doesn't hit threes. He just give decent rebounds. He has been uh, playing 35 minutes a night, so really he doesn't have anywhere else to go but down. And he's hovering in that drop zone. Markeith Morris is streamable in all leagues, but I'm not. I'm not interested in him in a roto league other unless I'm, you know, unless he's an end of the bench type of guy. I just don't think his value is that high to if you're in a roto league, your bench player should be kind of speculative. Um more speculative guys cuz you're not rotating those guys in to start. Uh if your team's full of injuries, then Markeith Morris is a little bit more attractive because he's consistent, he gets consistent playing time. Someone who is a little bit more of a I guess value is Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre has been playing a lot more with um, the starting lineup, and his minutes are, are are pretty up over the last couple weeks. And he's had some monster games against Milwaukee. He was uh, he had 19 and nine rebounds with three steals and an assist tonight. He played 24 minutes, which is is good to see. But he only had six points, five rebounds, and a steal. I'm um, huh? I'm really. I'm kind of interested in Kelly Oubre. I was interested in him before the season started because he did uh, kind of – he really impressed in the summer league. And I know we should not take summer league um, for, I know, part of our analysis uh, too awful much. But I did – I was drafting him at the end of a lot of standard leagues as someone who might have uh, potential – Assuming Otto Porter, you know, continued to play as poorly as he was in the past. Instead, Otto Porter became uh, a fantasy superstar. Um, I don't know if superstar is the right word, but he's been amazing uh, so far this season, and he doesn't seem to be letting up at all. He's Otto Porter's come out of nowhere this year, fantasy-wise, uh, doing all these things across the board and getting elite steals. And I, I, I love Otto Porter. I, I'm still moving forward with him. It does look like Kelly Oubre is playing more, but is not cutting into Otto Porter's time at all. It seems like they're just trying to go small and try uh, different things out. In the last two weeks, Kelly Oubre, about nine points, a three a game, five rebounds, an assist, and a little over a steal. 
no turnover, like very few turnovers. Shooting decent percentages. I um. I guess take a. I don't know. Take a flyer on him. I'm confused about this about Kelly Oubre, as you can tell. He probably isn't just good. Isn't going to get the the needed minutes to be a, a fantasy relevant guy. But I like his per thirty six. I like his minutes. Um, I like his game if he got minutes. If he was playing as many minutes as Otto Porter, he could kind of almost be a a light Otto Porter, really. And that's a guy who's who's pretty pretty standard league relevant right now. Maybe take a flyer on him if you if you like him, if you like his situation, if you think he's going to get more minutes. I just think his his minutes right now over the last couple weeks, last week he's averaged 25 minutes per game. I think that's where his, his max minutes are, unless there's an injury on this team, and, you know, Bradley Beal's always destined to get injured. So, you know, maybe it is a good flyer to have. Especially if you're in your bigger leagues, I would take a flyer on Kelly Oubre. Why not? He's playing well enough. But don't be afraid to just drop him at the at the drop of a hat, for lack of a better metaphor. He, I just don't see his minutes sustaining. I think they're just trying something new right now, trying different looks off the bench, trying to see what works. And right now, Kelly Oubre is a kind of a hot hand, and they like getting him in the game first off the bench. And you know, where there's minutes, there's there's values. So if you're in bigger leagues, uh, I take a flyer on him. If you're in standard leagues, uh, Kelly Oubre, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to jump at him. I need to see some. Uh, more consistent performances and more minutes out of him. Maybe if, like I said, if you're in Roto League, he's a guy with value. He, he might not be a starter, but if you're like a 12-team Roto League, I'd take a flyer on him, put him at the end of your bench, see what happens. And if maybe if you get lucky, Bradley Beal gets injured, he can um, he can slide in there and play. Let's go over to the Heat. Once again, Justice Winslow not playing tonight, so... Um, this team will adjust, but they are getting healthier by the day, I guess. Uh, they couldn't; they had nowhere else to go but to get healthier tonight. The Dragic really carried the team: thirty-four points, five assists, five rebounds. Wayne Ellington got a start tonight. He didn't shoot very well, but he had uh, eleven points, five assists, two steals. One block and two three pointers for Wayne Ellington. I like taking. I'd take a flyer on Wayne Ellington. He's been playing solid minutes. He's been. I know he was. Uh, he's kind of been up and and down here at the at the beginning of the season. I know he was injured for a while, but he's been starting for. The last six games, it looks like they did lose five of those six games, so maybe they will go away from him. But he's doing better things than some of the guys I just said, you know, who who are in, living in the drop zone where they do hit some threes and they do this and they do that. There's tons of those guys out there. I think he's this uh, Wayne Ellington is one of the better ones simply because Wayne Ellington gets more minutes than those more consistent minutes than someone like Kelly Oubre. He's averaging 33 minutes since his return. He's hitting over two and a half threes per game, which is uh, above 
way above average. That's that's really nice. That helps you in, in any league. His turnovers are almost non-existent. His shooting percentage is low, but that's who he is. A steal per game really helps. A couple rebounds and uh, almost three assi- two to three assists a game is totally fine. And double digits and points. That's that's standard league relevant. So if he's on your waivers and you want a guy who kind of does a little bit in that, a little bit of this and that, but it gets good threes. He, I think he's better than someone like Kelly Oubre, who might fit that that mold as well. I also think Wayne Ellington's ceiling's a little bit higher this year. I think maybe Kelly Oubre might be the better fancy player throughout the history of mankind or whatever. But Wayne Ellington's getting the starts, he's getting the minutes, and he's looking good. Those minutes will probably all adjust once Justice Winslow comes back to the team and they're and they're healthy. So do be aware of all that. Mike Roberts got the start tonight but only played 18 minutes. In that 18 minutes, though, he had 7 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. That's um, that's a nice line for 18 minutes. But, yeah, Josh McRoberts, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to get him on my team. Tyler Johnson and James Johnson are the other two guys on this team who kind of happen to have fantasy relevancy simply because of what they do. Uh, McGruder got the start tonight. Still, not. I don't think he's fancy relevant, but he played 30 points. James Johnson also played uh, 30 minutes, not 30 points. He played 30 minutes. James Johnson also played 30 minutes, and so did Tyler Johnson. Never, a lot of 30-minute nights tonight. And um, James Johnson uh, doing what he usually does, a little bit of everything. He got uh, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. I'd, I'd be fine with having him on my bench in a standard league, same with Tyler Johnson. All these guys uh, take a, take a flyer on them. They're playing. They're playing heavy minutes. This team's kind of in flux. We really don't know where it's going or what they're doing. So you might get lucky here and there. I like probably like Wayne Ellington the most, and maybe Tyler Johnson almost right behind him, and, and then James Johnson right behind him. Like th- this team is can go any which way. All those guys could get hot. Even Josh Richardson uh, could uh, burst out at, at some point later in the season, but I'd say I like I like Wayne Ellington and Tyler Johnson. Probably I I'd have to go with mm, if I had to go with somebody. If I had to choose between Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington, rest of the year, rest of the year. For a nine cat standard league, I would take. I think it's kind of a toss up here. I'm gonna take Tyler Johnson actually, and I, I think it's really close. I think I, I I was giving it to Wayne Ellington mostly because he's getting more minutes, he's getting the start. But Tyler Johnson does a little bit more. He gets more rebounds, steals, and assists. And he gets blocks for a guard, which is kind of rare. If you need shooting an elite three-pointing or higher, you know, good three-point shooting, then Wayne Ellington gets the bump. But rest of the year, nine cat, nothing else. I'm going with I'm going with Tyler Johnson because I think when Justice Winslow comes back, that eats into James Johnson's minutes, and it probably eats into. Mm. Wayne Ellington's minutes? It's going to eat up into everybody's minutes. So we'll see. That team is going to be in flux um, once Justice Winslow gets back. So we'll see how that goes. We also need to see how well Justice Winslow plays after his injury. Let's move on to the Rockets-Nets uh, game tonight. 
You should kind of already know what's going on with the Rockets. Patrick Beverly and Eric Gordon still sharing minutes. Eric Gordon was six threes tonight, and that's why Eric Gordon can be owned in standard leagues because he is an elite three-point shooter, even though he doesn't really do too much else. James Harden, 36 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. That's James Harden for sure. Clint Capella with only 19 minutes. That's depressing. His minutes have been, uh, I think, kind of steady declining here at this portion of the season. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I don't know where else they go with their other than going small. I don't know where else they go other than Clint Capella. So uh, I would feel like his minutes have to go back up at some point, right? But um, maybe not. Maybe they can just get by on spreading the floor out, letting Harden do whatever the hell he wants to and letting teams score all the time. Clint Capella might be a buy low considering his minutes lately and his his play lately as well. But uh, he's not going to suddenly break out. I don't. I don't see them switching up what they're doing right now considering they're they're winning games. So going over to the Nets, this was the return of Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin had 10 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, a steal, and a block, and a 3 off the bench only in 20 minutes. If he, for some reason, was dropped and is still on your waiver wire, pick him up now. He should have already been picked up. You should have known he was coming back because you should be following um, lots of people, including me, on Twitter. I'm a great uh, retweeter. Not so much a great tweeter, but I'm a really good retweeter. Um, so if you want to know news, you got to get on Twitter. you got to be on Twitter if you want to be a good um, fantasy basketball player. And hashtag basketball.com has Twitter feeds that can actually get you started. You can follow the Twitter feeds from hashtag basketball.com. So check out hashtag basketball.com's Twitter feeds. You can arrange them by team uh, if, you, if you're desperate to know when Jeremy Lin was coming back. Well, now you know. He's back. You should have known that earlier today or yesterday, and he should have been on a team already. But if he's not, pick him up immediately. He will eventually start. Right now, this is not uh, – this did not – cut into Sean Kilpatrick's minutes. And I, I think I've been saying that lately as well. This, I think this is a Tim Frazier situation. Sean Kilpatrick has been playing well enough to continue to get close to 30 minutes, even when Jeremy Lin comes back. They'd been running Kilpatrick as their kind of de facto um, sort of point guard, two guard, combo guard-esque, moving uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich into the three spot, which I don't think is his natural position at all. Uh, Bogdanovich played 22 minutes. Kilpatrick played 32 minutes. And w- with Lynn coming back playing 20. Um, actually, Whitehead played 24 minutes. It was kind of weird. I don't think Whitehead will be pl- starting very much longer. I like Kilpatrick moving forward. I would keep him until he um, proves to me he's not standard league relevant and he continues to be standard league relevant tonight. He had 17 points, two assists, three rebounds, seven turnovers, which is rough, but uh, two three-pointers, which is all right. Brooke Lopez and, and Trevor Booker, I still uh, th- those guys can still be owned moving forward. I, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, there's always a chance that Brooklyn just does decide to trade someone, but I, I don't see I don't see why they would. I would continue to own Trevor Booker and Brooke Lopez, L- Lopez in all leagues and keep writing. Sean Kilpatrick until you can't anymore. Ronda House Jefferson, another he had eleven points, 
five rebounds and two steals, 15 minutes off the bench. That's a nice line. That's kind of like a what-if type of line, just showing he still has potential, but nothing to um, to make a move on here. I did like uh, Washington – or not Washington, but the Nets – uh, a little late, I feel, but I did like them picking up Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie could have been pretty decent uh, with the Bulls, and they ended up uh, letting him go, and the Nets picked him up. Dinwiddie only played three minutes tonight, so don't fantasy-wise, not relevant, but I did like that pickup. The Mavericks versus the Nuggets. The um, Joich Nurich situation continues to baffle every human being in America and everyone in um, Denver especially. Uh, tonight, uh, let me let me get my pronunciations right. Jokic, Jokic, he had the better night, but he came off the bench. Jokic ended up playing... 26 minutes off the bench, 10 for 12, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, 27 points. That is pretty impressive. Even though he came off the bench, I mean, if I had to choose between uh, Jokic and uh, Nurkic, uh, I'm working on my pronunciations, everybody. For the rest of the year, I'd go with Jokic. Uh, Jokic is... um, is just the better player, I think, and I think they'll they'll trust him more over Nurkic. Nurkic has been up and down, and I dropped him in a lot of leagues because I was just tired of playing this game. His potential is still high tonight. He only played 18 minutes. He had six rebounds, two assists, and a steal and four points. His like per 36 is a really nice, along with so are Jokic's. Um, what if you had to go with one Jokic? I think Nurkic's in the drop zone, and I would drop him. Daniello Gallinari is also kind of falling into the drop zone. I think he's still ownable in standard leagues, but he's been falling off quite a bit. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 2 three-pointers tonight, nothing else. I think he's be, he's been kind of falling off, and I, I'd i hate to say it, but as many injuries as Gallinari has had uh, throughout the last hand, few, few seasons, um, Gallinari might not be the player he once was. This also could be a good buy low time for Gallinari because he has been struggling lately. I think, um, let me go check Gallinari, uh, who once was kind of an amazing player. He's ranked 97th on averages uh, on, on the season right now. And he has been battling even injuries this year. He's, he's missed games already. Um, he only missed three games, but he's missed quite a few games. And his, his shot's off already this year he's shooting below 40 percent which really hurts in roto leagues in um leagues where you're punting field goal percentage his value bumps up i think kind of uh, significantly because he does give you almost a steal and decent rebounds and a, a three and a half and, and decent scoring so but last compared to last year he struggled. He struggled heavily. There's more shooters. There's more scorers on this team, and they're running the ball more through the big men, which I think has hurt uh, Gallinari's game as well. Rest of the year, I, I think you're kind of looking at what you got. He might be a little low, so he might improve just a little bit with his just consistency in his shot. He might start shooting above forty percent, which is what he had been doing over the last couple years. 
So I do expect a little little bit of an uptick, but not a huge uptick in uh, his shooting. I think you're kind of looking at the the tail end of the, or at least the the start of the downslide for Gallinari. He's 28. Um, he's had some bad injuries, so I kind of feel bad for him. But like I said, he's been playing pretty poorly over the last week, and I think that it could be a buy low situation for Gallinari because I I think Gallinari will keep his standard league relevancy throughout the year. Uh, Moutier had a pretty decent shooting night, 6 for 12, 17 points. He had three three-pointers, four assists, a steal, a block, um, and two rebounds. Sometimes Moutier looks really, really good. <sighs> and other times he looks really, really lost. And um, unless you're in a specific type of punting strategy, I, 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 even then I don't know how you get Moutier on your team. I'd much rather have uh, Will Barton. And then Moutier, Will Barton has played pretty well in his return from injury. He's at least scoring and getting some steals and getting some rebounds. And that's been really nice. Um, for some reason, his free throw percentage is, is, is really off right now, but I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, that just seems kind of just strange. He is going to be streaky, and he could lose time to Gary Harris when Gary Harris comes back. But I would play the hot hand. I, I think Will Barton's ownable. Tonight he had a bad, another bad shooting night. Um, I think he's ownable. He's in the uh, high end of the drop zone. But, you know, if there's hotter players on the waiver wire, you know, he, I, I still think he will hover on the drop zone, especially with his long-term value being hindered by the return of Gary Harris and being hindered by how well Jamal Murray's been playing. Jamal Murray tonight, 28 minutes, 15 points, Six rebounds, four assists, and a steal, and a three-pointer. I like Jamal Murray. I If you're in a keeper league, I think Jamal Murray is someone you should get on your roster near uh, heading into the final stretch of the league, and especially in Roto Keeper Leagues. He's going to be a nice keeper, um, I think, moving forward. Uh, they haven't kept Murray's playing time super consistent, but he has been able to put up um, a decent game here and there. That decent game's so inconsistent because in between those have been real, um, real, just horrible games where he's just not relevant at all. So overall, I don't think he's relevant, but he might be a guy you keep on your bench in a in a, in a bigger league, or you might want to stream him if you're if he's on your waiver wire and you're just looking for a, a night one night stream. One night stream. That's a great. Um, it's a great phrase. He's a he's a one night stream for sure. Get him in, get him out. He's a dirty one night stream. Let's move on to the Mavs. Um, the Mavericks have been a, a mess with all their injuries as well. They are getting healthier, which is nice. Dirk is not back yet, and I'm not sure. I'm sure they'll just kind of just leave him out for a long time. I think they want to lose as many games as possible. The Wes Matthews has, has been coming on lately and shooting his his percentage has gone back up to closer to where his career averages are, which has been nice to see. And he's been shooting and making elite three pointers. And tonight he he did just that. He was 10 for 14, 25 points, two steals, four rebounds and five three pointers. That is awesome from Wes Matthews. He, I, I think he'd been out of favor for uh, on a, quite a few teams in some of my more shallow leagues. He ended up on the waiver wire, so I, I went and snatched him up uh, real quick. 
and that's been paying off lately. I really like him moving forward, continuing to shoot uh, better, maybe not as well as he has been in the last two weeks, but he's going to shoot a lot of threes, and he's been making threes lately, and you get to ride that hot hand. Maybe he falls off. Maybe this is a, a sell-high time if you can convince someone to uh, to buy to buy Wesley Matthews for something that they um, should not sell him for, especially with those elite threes. Go find the person who's in the bottom of your league in threes and be like, hey, man, Wes Matthews is killing threes. You need threes. Give me, give me one of your better players. And um, I could see Wes Matthews, you know, I don't think he's going to be playing this well for the rest of the season, but I, I do think he, he's going to be a standard league relevant player for, for most of the year. And uh, they do seem to be getting him a lot of uh, good looks on three pointers and his three point uh, makes are, are really up this year. And I, he's always been a, a guy who shoots three pointers and makes them. So why would he, why not in a three point centric league taking more three pointers? Why would he not make more? Um, I don't, I don't sure he's going to average close to five like he has in the last week. It is probably close to over three, but over three is super relevant. And he gets over a steal a game, and he gets you uh, like a third of a blocking game, which comes kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, but don't expect this this type of shooting in the last two weeks, 46%. Expect that to drop back down to closer to like 42 43%. Last year... He shot 38%, so there there could be a really detrimental shooting woe. And he did start out the year shooting under 40% as well. He's still, for the season, uh, Wes Matthews is shooting under 40% when you take all his games into account. But other than that, I mean, the guy's good. The guy's getting elite threes. I'd own him in all standard leagues for sure. The rest of these uh, Mavericks... Uh, we saw Darren Williams return from injury and and be basically the starting guard they have to go to. I think if you d- really need assists, he's ownable in standard leagues. His shooting's not great, but um, he's at least doing a little bit of uh, this. Half a steal, a couple rebounds, couple, uh, a little over three, some points, but like really, really good assists. And those assists add up, and assists are hard to come by. So just be, assist on the assist alone, Darren Williams is ownable in standard leagues for now. We'll see. What happens uh, now that Seth Curry is back, Devin Harris is back, uh, it did look like Darren Williams still got the start and got 32 minutes tonight. He had 17 points, uh, Darren Williams did, with 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 rebounds, and a 3-pointer. I think he's the starting guard moving forward. Uh, J.J. Barea might cut into that pretty hard when J.J. Barea comes back because I know that Mavericks really do love J.J., uh, so they could be playing him a lot more. The The most interesting stat on Dallas tonight is Dorian Finney-Smith, a, uh, a guy who's been playing heavy minutes lately. In the last two weeks, he's, he's almost been playing about 28 minutes per game. He does a little bit of everything across the board, which always intrigues me. As a, a nine cat roto player, those are the type of guys I'm always interested in. Tonight, an uh, amazing roto stat night. He uh, had 13 points, three three pointers, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. Only one turnover. Five for nine. That's that's a great um, that's a great nine cat 
line, like um, a really impressive line. Now, this is definitely his best fantasy game he's played, but he's he's been getting the start. He's been playing um, close to starters minutes, uh, and lately you know, over 30 minutes a game. He's scoring a little bit better. He's able to hit threes. If you're in a bigger Roto League, I'd take a flyer on him. See what happens. Um, if you're in a bigger head-to-head league, I would I would I would have him on my team as well. I'd take a flyer on him, get him in there, get him some starts. I um, I don't think he's a one-night stream. I think you you can you can stream him until until he just falls off when everybody else is healthy on this team and they start playing Dirk more minutes and he, he I think his minutes start to go. But it looks like they're trying to figure out what they have with uh, Finney Smith and um, what they have is a guy who can do a little bit of everything. And that's a that's an asset. Even in head-to-head leagues, that's an asset. It gives you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and that helps you bump you up for the week over the course of three to four games. So, yeah, Finney Smith, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. Uh, I think it's standard leagues. I'm I'm still hesitant to go to go pick him up. I think Dwight Powell probably a little. I don't even know if Dwight Powell's a little bit better. Um, I don't know who I'd, I like more, Finney Smith. Or Dwight Powell moving forward. I think Dwight Powell's definitely got more. Um, cons- we'll get more consistent playing time, but maybe not. Vinny Smith's been getting a lot of starts, playing more minutes than Dwight Powell. Um, hey, give him a shot. Give him a flyer. Take a flyer on Vinny Smith. Uh, if you're in, a, if you're in a roto league and you got a end of the bench guy, why not? Yeah, yeah. standard leagues. I, I hesitate. I think he's still in the in the drop zone or below the drop zone. But hey, whatever. If you got the the room on the team, see what happens. Maybe maybe he is some. Maybe he turns into something. You uh, you never know. And with opportunity, you know this this you got to take a risk on some guys. He's only twenty three, and uh, he's hitting some threes. He's had a couple about about three good games in a row, shooting incredibly well in those games. So if teams start, you know adjusting their defense to him maybe that will change but um, yeah why not why not give it a shot let's go on to the trailblazers clippers game this game was a freaking barn burner 121 to 120 the clippers heated game down to the last minute seconds um great one of you know this these two teams don't like each other and uh it's always fun to watch them play against each other you gotta know what's going on in uh in Clipperland, uh, Raymond Felton got the most minutes off the bench. I thought was kind of that's the outlier in the in the stats tonight for uh, the Clippers. JJ only one three pointer, five for eleven. Did get to the line a lot. JJ's been really struggling, really falling off uh, lately because he really hasn't been uh, like contributing outside of three pointers, which I know that's his specialty. But even then. J.J. Reddick's three-pointers are only around two and a half, which is low for him. Um, much rather have Wes Matthews because Wes Matthews does a little assist, gets us some steals, gets some rebounds. Uh, J.J. was um, supposed to be a kind of um, a replacement for the people who liked Cal Corver, where Cal Corver would get you elite threes and then do get a little bit of rebounds, a little assists, little steals here and there. And uh, J.J. has not been that player this year. He's he's not been that good. I think he's below the drop zone. I don't unless you're desperate for threes. I don't know why you would own him. And there's so many guys out there who can get you threes. 
like uh, Wayne Ellington. Hey, why not Wayne Ellington instead of JJ right now? Wayne Ellington's got more playing time, at least right now, and he's got a little bit more um, upside. Like I said, Raymond Feldman, more more minutes off the bench. I'm not really interested in Raymond Feldman. I'm not really interested in anybody on this team other than Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre. They all had um, really good nights, except for even DeAndre had a pretty decent night. So good for them. It's good to see Blake. Um, I know he sat for his knee problem. He played 40 minutes tonight to make up for that uh, having that knee problem. Hey, they got the win, whatever. Uh, so 26 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists for Blake Griffin tonight. Really nice. Let's go to the, the Blazers. Um, Mason Plumley. Look at me getting that, getting it right on the first try. Mason Plumley, once again with the start, he is a assist forward um, center, and I'm starting to I'm starting to use him in, in, in a few more of my head to head leagues, and my my le- my certain punting leagues, and even in roto leagues uh, where I'm just not very good at blocks or I got blocks locked down. Um, I, I I think he's a he's a nice guy to have because. He doesn't really hurt you anywhere, and he gets uh, he gets almost four assists a game as a center, which is really rare. Eight rebounds, eleven points doesn't really, uh, you know, it's fine. It's not great, but he's definitely he's a lower tier standard league relevant player, I think. Um, and he's been playing a, a lot better over the last couple of weeks, and he, he they're trusting him a lot more uh, moving forward. It looks like Al Aminu. He has, in his return, not played uh, terribly well or played a ton of minutes. They've um, been started. They started him tonight. He only played 21 minutes, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. It does look like he's. I think Aminu's cutting into Mo Harkless's possessions. Mo Harkless had played 32 minutes tonight, so it's not really cutting into his minutes too awful much. But Mo Harkless was three for seven, six rebounds, a steal, and six points. Not great. You want to see some of those um, possessions that Aminu's taking go to Harkless, but I am sure there is a reason why they're going to Aminu. Uh, I'm sure they're guarding Harkless a little bit more because he is the better player. CJ and Lillard doing what they usually do. Evan Turner off the bench, 30 minutes, 15 points, six assists, four rebounds, and one three-pointer. I can see uh, taking a flyer on Evan Turner. He's been playing close to 27 minutes a game. I think he's uh, an everyday streamer, not a one-night streamer, an everyday streamer. But um, this is who he is, and he is able to get you know kind of the uh, the rebounds, assists, uh, a three, a steal here, a three there. Not very great at threes at all, but. I think what you're looking at right now is the how the Blazers are going to use him. So I think he's in the drop zone. Personally, in Roto Leagues, I'm dropping him because I don't like his field goal percentage. But I, I do see him being relevant in, in standard leagues if you're in a bigger standard league, for sure. And uh, bigger leagues all around and head-to-head, he's relevant because he's playing 26 minutes a game. And he should be an every night streamer in all uh, head-to-head standard leagues because he's he's getting minutes and some nights he'll go off. He uh, he, he will do what Evan Turner occasionally does, which is just hog the ball and um, get weird with it and, and play a ton. And uh, his usage will be up a lot. Let's go to the final game of the night: the Kings versus the Lakers. The rivalry 
of the late 90s where the Kings were totally, totally screwed um, by the NBA. Look it up, you you kids. Kids, go look in the in the yearbooks. You cannot find the uh, the like. I think there's like 24 free throws or 35 fouls or something like that in the fourth quarter of the Kings Sacramento. I think game six. Go look it up. Kobe Bryant elbows another human being in the face. I believe it was Chris uh, Doug Christie. I almost said Chris Christie. Uh, Chris Christie is far worse than Doug Christie by all accounts. Um, Kobe Bryant elbows, has the ball on elbows, Doug Christie right in the mouth, knocking him to the ground, and they called a foul on Doug Christie's face. Uh, one of the most egregious fouls I've ever seen. Um, so, And also my, um, my you know, high school um, basketball era was, uh, is, I, actually, I, I thought that was a pretty decent era, even though. Uh, some of those teams really were terrible and expanded. You know, we don't need to get into that. Let's get to the box score. The Kings actually won this game tonight. Great. I love when the Kings win because the Bulls have their draft pick. Costa Kufas played 32 minutes. Can you believe that? I feel like I haven't talked about the Sacramento Kings in ages. Let's uh, let's go. Let's take a deeper dive on the Kings. See what's going on with them. Uh, Costa Kufas, 32 minutes. I'm not really impressed with him overall this year at all um obviously demarcus cousins and rudy gay being the main players on this team darren collison um has not been i guess the premier point guard a lot of people thought he was going to be when he came back he's kind of been shoot first his assists have been pretty mediocre in the last uh, two weeks, he's only averaging three and a half assists, which is less than Mason Plumley. So, you know, when it came to being like your stud point guard that you picked up late in the draft, he's not really filling that role. But what he is, he is scoring, he is hitting threes, um, and he is getting over a steal a game, which is solid. It does make him a standard league player. Um, he might be a buy low if people are not happy with the fact that he's not a stud uh, kind of like uh, kind of like Dennis Schroeder was a I, I thought was a buy low because people weren't happy because he was he wasn't a stud either. Darren Collison is going to be a standard league relevant player for the rest of the year, and if this team maybe changes a little bit of the way they are configured, uh, maybe that does help uh, Collison turn into a little bit more pass first point guard. But he's getting starters minutes. He's worth owning in all leagues. Rudy Gay only played 14 minutes tonight. I think he might have uh, went out of this game. Go check hashtag basketball and go to the Kings Twitter account. He um, he only played 14 minutes. He still had seven points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block in 14 minutes. So that's really disappointing for uh, owners there. He was having – looked like he was setting up to have a monster uh, game and got injured. Omir Caspi came in. So duly note that Omir Caspi is a must stream and uh, I would pick him up if Rudy Gay is going to miss extensive time because uh, Omir Caspi slides right into that position. Omir Caspi is actually decent enough to be standard league relevant, though not, um, you know, not an all-star by any means. But tonight, Caspi in 30 minutes was 13 points. He was 6 for 10, uh, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal, and a 3-pointers. And that's... um, Probably a little bit better than what he would, uh, what he's going to give you, 
but I would be interested in um, picking up Caspi in uh, in any bigger league and standard head-to-head leagues if Rudy Gay is out in roto leagues. Only if you got room for Omer Caspi on your, uh, he's not his ceiling is real low. So only if you really want to uh, deal with your your Rudy Gay um, injury. Omer Caspi doesn't do anything elite, so it's not like he's going to be uh, helping out too much. You probably should already have someone on your bench that can replace Rudy Gay that would be better than Omer Caspi, perhaps. But uh, if you're in a bigger roto league, maybe you know you need that, and so. You need a guy who's going to play, and uh, Omer Caspi's I think, is going to get heavy minutes if Rudy, if Rudy Gay is out. If Rudy Gay comes back the next game, uh, this is all um, irrelevant until Rudy Gay goes out again. Garrett Temple played 31 minutes tonight and, uh, because Ben McLemore is a terrible player, a terrible basketball player. Uh, Garrett Temple, nice night. He shot really well. I'm not going to run out and get him at all, but nice night from him. I will give him props for that. Um D'Angelo Russell coming, uh, finally coming back for the Lakers. Uh, he only played 20 minutes tonight. In his 20 minutes, D'Angelo had 17 points, uh, four assists, two rebounds, and three three pointers, with uh, with three turnovers. Uh, D'Angelo Russell in his two games back has been. Good, not great. He hasn't played a lot of minutes. He's been he didn't sh- hasn't shot the ball terribly well. I just do think because of his potential, he should be owned in standard leagues. He's going to get the starting um, spot and starters minutes at some point uh, moving forward. So his ceiling is is much higher than uh, where how he's playing right now. A lot of people were stroking off D'Angelo Russell to start the year, thought he was going to be an all-star, thought he was going to be, um, you know, one of the best players in the league. And I, you're seeing, I, I, I told everybody, chill out, everybody. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to be a standard league relevant fantasy player. But everybody, chill out on D'Angelo Russell. He's not that good. I think he could be incredibly good, but he's not, I, I, he, he is going to, I think, after this, Injury, getting a few more games under him throughout the rest of the season, he will make a a substantial uh, substantial progress forward. But he's not making the leap this year. Maybe next year he'll make the leap. Perhaps I do think he has the talent, but um, really didn't like him fantasy wise last year. And this year, he's I mean he's at least standard league relevant this year, but he's not going to be an all star, uh, which is ridiculous. I thought that was ridiculous that people were saying that. Um, Hopefully he can get his assists up and his shooting percentage up so he can be a solid standard league relevant player instead of just a um, kind of um, mid-tier, low-tier, actually low-tier standard league player. Lou Williams is a must-own on this team, even though tonight he was 3-for-12. A bad shooting night for him, but he's playing a a lot of minutes. And tonight with uh, Russell's return, Lou Williams still played 26 minutes off the bench which I think is significant. Nick Young played 26 minutes starting. So, yeah, pay attention to that. Lou Williams I still think is ownable moving forward just because of the kind of score he is. Clarkston is back in the mix. He played 22 minutes. Uh, once again, this is a, a situation to to watch. Looks like Larry Nance uh, hurt the most. He only played 17 minutes tonight. Uh, so, yeah, um, 
moving forward. I'm just going to watch this rotation on the Lakers, see where it goes. And that's it. Those are all the box scores tonight. Uh, thank you for joining me. If you'd like to give me feedback on the podcast and or tweet at me with your fantasy questions, trade questions, waiver wire questions, or uh, really whatever, or you would like to see my my skills at retweeting, uh, follow me at Watch the Boxes, all one word on Twitter. Go check out the podcasts on uh, NBA or on um, hashtag Basketball dot com. Check out NBA deep dives later this week to hear uh, yours truly talking about the Bulls. And if you really could, if you like these, if you like this podcast and you like the other hashtag Basketball podcasts, go out, give us a rating, give us a review wherever your podcasts are found. Um, Preferably iTunes because I think that is uh, that's that's where most people find theirs. Though a lot of people are moving away from Apple, which is um, you know to each their own. I think that's totally fine because I have moved away from Apple a long time ago, and there's tons of Android uh, listening and podcast listening apps out there. Give us a rating, give us a review. It really really helps the podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, uh, you can email Watch the Boxes at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whatever app you're using thanks for joining me everybody i will be back with more boss chords later this week have a good one 